Hey, this is Billy McPeak, pastor of Grace Point Church. And this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you and motivates you. I hope it builds your faith. I pray it gives you a perspective to see God moving in your life. Enjoy the message. If you have your Bibles this morning, don't get quiet on me. I promise you that uh, we're going to hear from the word of the Lord this morning. Life is full of trials and struggles and tribulations. Scripture said many are the afflictions of the righteous. And, and some of us today, we're thinking, well, my afflictions are more than others. And, and that may be so. We may, some of us may actually go through uh, more uh, difficult times than others, or more severe difficult times than others. But uh, the Lord has implanted in with in us and impregnated us with His Spirit. It's it's uh, it, it actually gives us the strength that we need to be able to um, live the life that He's called us to live. So uh, this morning, Psalm sixteen, verse seven. Psalms are songs written. And how many knows that a song many times can bring you out of a low spot? Yes. Amen. Amen. I've, I've had that happen so many times. And, uh, and so David, the sweet psalmist of Israel, had written these psalms during difficult times. Uh, my Bible says that these are psalms of David. Some of them are psalms of Asaph and other uh, musicians that... Uh, we're in the temple uh, during that time of the writing. But this one's a tribute to, this, to David. And I like David, especially because I can identify with David. There's an anointing. There's a promotion. There's a promise. There's adversity. There's hatred. Friends betraying me. You know, there's all kinds of things that David went through that we actually uh, go through on a daily basis. And so we can all identify with him. And so this morning I want to preach to you a sermon that I've entitled The Unshakable Life. And I want you to notice from the outset that the title is not The Perfect Life. It's not The Uneventful Life. It's not even The Problem-Proof Life. It's The Unshakable Life. And most importantly, it's not The fairy tale Life. It is the unshakable life. And here's the fact of the matter is that we all need to live within the reality that God has given us. And so oftentimes we want to escape that through whatever escape mechanism we have. Some people live their life through Facebook and Snapchat and what's the other ones out there? Instagram, Twitter. They live their life vicariously through these modes of transportation, uh, and they fail to actually live life in the here and now. And we can project a good image on Facebook or Instagram, Snapchat or Twitter. <laughs> we can filter a lot of things out. My wife can make me look 20 years old on, on Facebook. That's the way you see my, well, he's a lot older than I thought he was going to be. Uh, but... We can, we can project quite an image, but it's really not so much as to what is going on on the outside of our lives as it is as to what's going on 
on the inside. It's our mind that we've got to keep. And so the Lord tells us today that we can have an unshakable life. I want you to read, uh, follow along with me. Psalm 16, verse 5. I'll skip to verse 7 after 5. It says, O Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My Lord, my heart also instructs me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad, and my heart rejoices, and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope, for you will not leave my soul in hell, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand is pleasures forevermore. And so we look at that, and we, we, we see the words... Uh, pleasure and joy and at his right hand and evermore. And yet realizing what we've just read through, it comes to our notice that the psalmist has gone through some difficult times in order to write those ending praises. First Samuel chapter 30, verse 6 and 8. This is a scripture passage that always brings me a lot of hope. Many of you know it verbatim. You could tell the story. We'll not get deep into the story today, but I want to read it just for, um, just for a little bit of clarity here as to the unshakableness of the life of the Christian and staying true to what God has for each and every one of us. Verse 6, now David was greatly distressed, greatly distressed. He was, he was ready to take something to well, the problems that were going on in his life. For the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his son and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abiathar, the priest, Ahimelech's son, bring me the ephod. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David so David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him. God answered him, saying, Pursue, for you shall, over, you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. Amen. That's a wonderful word, isn't it? Praise God. Can we just thank God for it? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the word. Amen. 2 Thessalonians 2 and 2 says that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor as a letter from us as that day of Christ is at hand. Now, the words that I italicized and made bold in my notes this morning was that ye be not soon shaken in mind, in spirit, in word, or in letter. 
and Facebook and Twitter, Instagram. Come on. Just a different mode of communication. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise up in judgment against me, thou shalt condemn. Isaiah 59. Why? Because words can damage us. Words can hurt us. Words can cause us to doubt the very promise that God has for us. And when we give credence to what we're hearing, and it's not in line with what God is saying, we set ourselves up for destruction. So I want to I speak to us today about getting victory at low places. Garth Brooks had a song out years ago said, I got friends in low places. You got to be careful about the friends you have in low places. Because if you find them in low places, they probably have a low mentality concerning life. So you've got to be very careful about who you allow to ingest or to reflect upon where you are in your life. And so I want to talk about the place of discouragement, the place of debt, the place of distress, that place of potential defeat. Because the God that I serve and the God that you serve today brings victory in every situation. Look at your neighbor and say, every situation. Not one, some situations. Every situation. I'm looking at victors in this place today. I was speaking to someone the other day, and they were going through a very tough time, and they said to me that, I told you, Pastor, that I'm getting some chinks in my armor. And I'm dealing with some problems. And what did I, they, they had any sin or anything going on in their life. It was just that the devil was just hitting them with everything that they, he had. And I, and I said, listen, I want you to understand that your victory in Christ is already secured. Amen. Yeah. So you're not working to victory. You're working from the premise of victory. Amen. Come on, the sooner we get that, the more we realize that God in me is greater than the problems that are coming against me. Amen. The victory is yours. It's already been done. Jesus said, in this life, you're going to have some trouble. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That's victory. He's overcome the problem. And so you work from a place of victory. And so... I, I looked up unshakable in the Cambridge Dictionary, and it said, if someone's trust or belief is unshakable, it is firm and cannot be made weaker or destroyed. It cannot be made weaker or destroyed. See, life has a way of, of placing obstacles in our path that can cause us to become defeated. And it's in these times... That we need to learn how to encourage ourselves in the Lord. We've got to have a special place. I, I like that movie that was out years ago, and, and, and the woman had what she called her war room. Hmm? And that woman knew how to pray. Man, she would put me to shame. They said they called James in the Old Test in the New Testament, they called him old camel knees. Because he stayed on his knees so long that he had wore calluses on his knees and he had worn a place in the floor. 
He knew how to pray. He knew where to go in times of difficult situations. So life has a way of placing obstacles in our lives, and it, and, and it wants to make us feel like we're defeated. Psalm 16 describes those obstacles and David's confession of faith that he used to encourage himself while going through these times. We would like to all live on mountaintops experiences all the time. But we all know, and if you've lived as long as I have, that there are valleys that come your way. But the scripture says, and the psalmist says, in the valley, he restores my soul. Amen. In the valley, there's restoration. In the valley, he begins to make me and mold me and shape me into what I was before. Amen. Begins to make me stronger. In, in, in Psalm in, in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 1, 6, 1 through 6, we find that David and his men were returning from a potential war with Israel. And uh, King Achish had sent them home. And upon their return, they found that the Amalekites had raided Ziklag. Now, understand this about Ziklag is that this is the home given to David by Achish, a pagan king. And David was calling this his residence. And, and so the Amalekites had raided Ziklag and, and they had take, taken captive the women and everyone in it. They had taken all the silver, the gold, the vessels um, in people's homes. They had taken their cattle. Everything was gone. And not only was it all gone, but they had burned this city with fire. And so it was nothing but ashes. When David and his men reached Ziklag, they were very distressed. And the Bible says that the men wanted to stone him. Their loved ones had been taken away and they were greatly distressed. And it's interesting how people react in certain difficult situations in life. And so the people that you thought were standing with you aren't standing with you anymore because um, Satan's up the ante or life has gotten a little bit more difficult. Come on, you can say, oh, amen, or oh, me, you know what I'm talking about. If you've lived any time in this world, you know that there are times when that friend that you thought was going to stick with you didn't. <laughs> and oftentimes the one that you thought wouldn't did. Come on now. <laughs> amen. <laughs> because it's in, the, it's in those thick areas of our lives that we find out who our true friends are. And not only that do we find who our true friends are, we find out just how great our God really is. Amen. And God has brought me through some difficult times, and he's brought you through some difficult times, and th he's brought you through some struggles. The Bible says that they thought of stoning him. But what's really interesting about this story is that the provision that David had was not the provision that God had given. A pagan king had given him this place to live. David had been running from Saul up at this point for about 13 years. The anointing of God had been placed upon his life. The prophet had come and anointed him. We know the story. Is this the one? Is this the one? Is this the one? Is this the one? He looks handsome. He looks good. He looks brawn. God said, no, 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 no. Is there not yet another? And Jesse said, there is one more. Because oftentimes it's the one that we're not expecting that God chooses to use. Amen. And you think God can't use you, but God can use you. You think you've messed up too much, but God says, listen, I can use you if you'll just make yourself available to me. Amen. 
Ziklag is a place that represents us living outside of God's provision and, and sustaining on a provision given to us by the world. And we oftentimes think it is God's provision to us. But when God begins to move it, we get upset at God because, God, this is what I thought you had given me. See, Satan will give you so many different things. But God says, I have something better. Satan will give you a house and a home. And, and God says, I got something better for you. And we get so comfortable where we are that we can't look into the future and see the provision that God has for us. Sometimes God strips it away in order that he can place us in a better place. See, to make the long story short, in this passage of Scripture concerning David, David comes and he asks, he says, Can, uh, he said, do I pursue? Will I overtake? And the Lord said, pursue, and you will overtake, and you'll recover all. And we know the story. He did. But here's the, here's the, uh, the very interesting portion of that scripture is that David was uh, that God was just getting ready to promote David as king of Israel now he was already anointed as king but he wasn't in position as king and oftentimes we know what God wants us to do but we're not in the place where we know God wants us to be and it's not necessarily because of disobedience it's just because God's getting us ready to be in position. It took 13 years for David to get into position. Sweet psalmist of Israel. If you had told me 25 years ago uh, that I would be a pastor or whatever, I would have said, no way. There's no way I would be a pastor. I was the guy that would, that would, that would write the report in English class, and I, I just hated standing before the class and giving, giving a lecture. I was hoping the bell would ring. I would, I would hope that the school would catch on fire. Something... You know what I'm talking about because I didn't want to be that one. And I've got to tell you, it's only by the grace of God that I can do what I can do because I, I can tell you I can get out of the pulpit and it's like a rusty gate creaking sometimes. My brain is just like, you know, come on. I'm not the only one. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Ah, uh, Yeah, but God will put you in places and have you do things that you couldn't do, amen, to show his glory and to show his power and to promote his kingdom. That's the kind of God. Give God a praise in this place. Amen. Hallelujah. See, Satan doesn't come and fight against you on the basis of what you are now, oftentimes in your present condition. He fights you on the basis of the prophecy and the destiny that God has mapped out for you in your future life. Now, I'm not saying that Satan's clairvoyant. I'm not saying that he knows all things and sees all things. But one thing he does know is that if you hook up with Jesus, your life is going to change. Amen. And you're going to make a dent. You're going to make a, make, make a, 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 a wide berth in what he wants to do in your life. You're going to sever the ties with the world. You're going to make a change in your life. And we see here the reason why the Philistines attacked David was because of the anointing that was upon his life. You know, the, the, the Bible's not really hard to understand, uh, especially when you have lived a little while. Uh, David represents a man of the anointing. Saul represents a man after the flesh. He, re he represents the, the fleshly man, Saul. The Bible says that, that when Israel uh, anointed him king over Israel, he was head and shoulders taller 
than any man in Israel. And so he stood out in a crowd. If you've seen uh, Property Brothers on television, those two guys are the tallest. I mean, they're just tall. Everybody looks short around them. Uh, and, and so when you looked at Saul, he was head and shoulders. He was this much taller than anybody else in Israel. He stood out. He was the one that you would pick and I would pick because he had the image. But he wasn't the one that God would pick. Amen. He wasn't the one that God would pick for the task. When God got ready to put a man on the throne because Saul was walking in flesh, he got a man that was after his own heart. He got a young man by the name of David. A young man that was obscure and no one was given him the time of day. But God knew his name. And he knew God's name. He serenaded sheep on a Judean hillside. He sang to the stars. He sang to God. He sang to the grass of the field. He sang to the sheep. Amen. But while he was singing, God took notice of his praise. God took notice of his worship. When God got ready to promote this man, Satan didn't like it. And when you get into position to where God wants you to be and the anointing of God comes upon your life, the devil comes against you. He doesn't want you to succeed. He wants you to fail. But can I tell you that God will bring you through? God will bring you through. Amen. God will make a way out of no way. I was in a, I, we, we have to be so careful when we're walking in the anointing. Especially, well, we, we want to think of the anointing as oil flowing and people shaking and people falling out and, and all of that. And, and all that, you know, that may happen, it may not happen, okay? I mean, they may jump up and run around a building or whatever, you know. But just because you ran around the building doesn't mean you're anointed. Amen. Just because you can speak in tongues doesn't make you anointed. Come on. I've seen people speak in tongues, amen, and then go out and cuss their neighbor out. You know what I'm talking about. Amen. Just because you can speak in tongues doesn't make you anointed. There's a lot of people that take what they used to have and they mask it. And they operate in what I call rote. Learned behavior. And they can fool a lot of people. But you can't fool God. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you today, but I want some real Christians. Amen. I want some real anointing. I want real grace in my life. Amen. And the devil was after the anointing because the anointing's real and the anointing's tangible. And the anointing is something that happens to us every single day as we're walking out this faith life. As God is walking us through life. The anointing is real. The anointing is tangible, and the anointing is placed upon people's life. And we see here that the Philistines attacked David because of the anointing that was upon his life. You said, where do you get that from, Pastor? 2 Samuel 5, 17. It says, now, when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David, king over Israel, look at this, all of the Philistines, all of the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard of it and went into the stronghold. All of the Philistines were after him. Does it feel like that sometimes? 
that all of hell has been unleashed on you? Hallelujah. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Amen. David went into the stronghold. David went into his secret place. David went into his war room. David got into a place where he could talk to God. Man. And so all of the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard of it and went to the stronghold. So when God, when God gives you vision, that's a powerful thing. When God gives you a vision, it's a powerful thing because it shows you a picture of what you are to become. Hmm? Because what you are now is not who you're going to be. We're all progressing. We're all making advancements in our lives. Some of us think, well, I can't be the husband that I need to be or I can't be the wife that I need to be or I can't be the saint of God that I need to be. I can't be the employee I need to be or the employer I need to be or I I can't embark upon that business. If God's given you a business for it, he can bring it to fruition in your life. Yes, there's going to be obstacles. There's going to be difficulties that come your way. When we were building this building, there were difficulties that came our way. There were times when I just wanted to throw my hands up. I'm done. There was one time I did. Nobody knew about it, just me and Spencer. I'm done. Come on, anybody ever been there? Come on, because when you're on the road of the anointing and you're on the road to God's provision, the devil works against you. And we think, well, it's all going to be here, but sometimes it's in reality and sometimes it's in our lives and sometimes it's people coming against us and it's sometimes work work, uh, issues that come our way. And you've got to be mindful of the fact that God is working in you and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I can remember being in a very volatile time, um, just, just in the building of, of this church. And we had run against some major opposition. And I had, I had to go and, and speak to um, city leaders. And I remember walking into the office one day, and uh, as I walked in, they received me in and, and brought, me, brought me into the office of the person that I was supposed to talk to. And, and as soon as I walked in, I thought I was going to get a really good reception. Of course, I had my nice blue jeans on and, you know, my, my belt and nice shoes. And I even had a jacket on. You know, I looked real professional. My hair was combed. Everything looked good, you know. I mean, how in the world could they uh, give me, a, a, you know, a bad time, you know? I mean, I got a smile on my face. I'm anointed and appointed. I'm building a church. We're driving nails. I'm staying up. I'm working full time and working here full time and pastoring full time. And I'm about to pull my hair out. But, you know, I'm putting on a good front and a good image. But, you tell, but I walked in there. I walked in there. As soon as I walked in, they said, come on in. I walked in the office. He said, I'll be with you in a minute. Hmm? <laughs> what do you do? Because, I mean, it wasn't just that person. There was a whole lot of people in there. Walk up in there. Oh, I'm here. I'll be with you in a minute. All those eyes just look at you. No, you didn't. Huh? 
Come on, you know, some of you would have failed right then and there. I had to swallow pride. Pride go before destruction, a haughty spirit before fall. I had to swallow my pride, and it was a big gulp. And I went out, because I'm sitting there thinking, oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> and I went down, and I sat in the chair. And I sat there for a moment, and pride started coming up. I thought, I'm out of here. Because I passed that test, but I'm going to pass this, another te- this other test, because he's done slighted me, but I'm not going to sit here. Hmm? I sat there for a moment. So, oh, Pastor, we thought you was all spiritual. I am. This is spiritual. There was a war going on. Amen, Amen. right here. And I sat there. And I got up and I went out to my truck. And I turned my truck on. And I sat in there a minute. Mm Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah, I know some of you saying, shame on you, Pastor. I didn't say anything to anybody. I'm still smiling. I got out of my truck and I went back in there and sat down. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, this is a test. This is only a test. (laughs) I didn't know how my reception was going to be. I sat there for about another five minutes. And after that, the gentleman comes out of his office. He said, hi, sorry about that. How can I help you? He didn't mean anything by it. It was just, I went in loaded for bear. I went in, I had, I had both barrels cocked back and ready to pull both triggers. I was going to do it with a smile. Look at that. You know, when we used to take pictures, I never would smile. My wife got me to smile, now I can just put one on, you know. I can hold it forever. <laughs> See, some of us are smiling, but inside we're in turmoil. Some of us are smiling, but inside we're, 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 there's a war going on. And if we don't watch it, we're not listening to the voice of God. And if I hadn't listened to the voice of God, we might not have what we need today. Because I got stupid and ignorant of what God was doing in my life. Amen. 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 It's only a test. So it shows you a picture of what you're about, what you are to become. So there are three obstacles for the vision to become a reality in our lives. Number one, you've got the obstacle of present conditions. Three obstacles. You got the obstacle of present conditions. When God shows you a victory in the future, it will always be contended for by your current condition. And the reality is, is that the vision is greater than your present condition. Because God always takes you higher. Faith always takes you higher. God is always working for your good. He told Jeremiah, he said, I knew you when you were in your mother's womb. And he had plans for him, plans for a future. Amen. And oftentimes our plans don't line up with God's plans and 
after a while, we're saying, God, I don't want to preach your word anymore. God, I don't want to tell people about you anymore. God, it's not going the way that I want it to go. But then Jeremiah said, it was like fire shut up in my bones. Hallelujah, we need a fire. Amen, we need an ignition source. Man, we need God working in our lives in a mighty way. So it's going to be, it's, what the first obstacle is your present condition. Your second obstacle is present resources. There, there will never seem um, to match the vision that God has given to you. You say, God, you got to be kidding. How on earth am I going to do what you've shown me? Look at what I have. Look how little the resources I have. You know, Jesus was ministering to a group of people one day. And his disciples came in. They said, you know, they're hungry. And Jesus said, you feed them. And one of them said, well, let's see what we can do. And they got the lunch of a, a little lad. And they said, bring me your lunch. And the, and the little lunch had five loaves and two fish. And, and uh, one of them said um, to Jesus, said, well, we've got, we've got five loaves and two fishes. But see, but just cancels out what you just said. But what are they among so many? God, we've, we've got a little provision, but we don't have enough provision. But when you've got Jesus in your life, you've got more than enough. Can I tell you that he is El Shaddai? He is a God who is more than enough to meet your need. Abram said he was Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who will provide. He'll come through. Maybe not when you want him to, but he'll come through. Maybe not on your time schedule, but he'll come through. So you have the obstacle of present resources. Let me tell you about the word provision. Pro-defined in dictionary.com is a prefix of priority in space or time, having especially a meaning of advancing or projecting forward or outward. It means before. Provision means before. You know, oftentimes you're not going to have what you need when God gives you the vision. You said, God, give me provision. You're oftentimes not going to have what you need. Your present resources are not going to match the vision that God has for your life. I was thinking about Samson and how the Philistines came against him one time when he was really operating in his anointing. And the, and the Philistines came against him, a thousand of them, and he reached down and he took up what was there. It was the jawbone of a donkey. And he slew a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. Your present provision doesn't necessarily equate to what God is about to do in your life. But I don't want you to get discouraged. I don't want you to get down and out. I don't want you to get down in the mouth and say God can't do it because God can do it. He gives us the vision so that we can go after it and we can chase it down by faith. Amen? Faith. So don't be defeated by present resources. And thirdly, you got the obstacle of present self. And I really think that this is where many of us cash in. This is where the rubber meets the road. God shows you a better you down the track. 
He shows a future you. When God gives you a vision, it's to help us picture what we can become. He came to Gideon and he said, Thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon go, Who me? Have you, have you looked inside my mind? Do you know what I deal with on a day-to-day basis? God, have you lost it? You're talking to me? Thou mighty man of valor. God saw into the future, but Gideon could only see the present. But can I tell you that if you're obedient to God in the present, God will promote you to what he has vision for you in the future. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. And Gideon was faithful to God. And we know the story. He became, he became victorious. The reason why we need the vision, vision is to battle. We've got to battle this present self, the present reality of who we are in order to get to that person that God shows that you can become. Amen. Some of us are thinking I can't be the wife that I need to be because my mother didn't exemplify um, that type of role model in my life. Amen. Can I tell you that God and his spirit will lead you and guide you to be the wife or the husband or the employee or the employer or, or that man of God or that saint of God that you need to be based on the spirit and the word that will guide you and direct you. Amen. Just because you had a poor role model, amen, doesn't mean that you have to live that out for the rest of your life. Amen. I'm here to tell you today that God breaks the curse. Amen. And displays his glory in your life to the point that your family looks at you kind of odd. I've, I've had people that we've dealt with through the years who came from very dysfunctional backgrounds. And, and coming from those dysfunctional backgrounds, uh, it, was, it, was just, it was just thought, the, 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 the thought was that they would always be that way. But when you come to Grace Point Church, our thought process is we want to see you grow. We want to see you become all that God wants you to be. Amen. Because God has great vision for each and every one of us in this room. I watched, I watched um, um, a young man that we worked with, and, and they, started, uh, they, they started just uh, doing really good and flourishing, and God was working in their life. And, and uh, I, mean, just, I mean, you just saw it. The grace of God was working on their life, and their family come along and got jealous of what God was doing. Oh, come on now. Amen. See, because when you begin to walk in God's provision, there are going to be people that you grew up with, amen, that, that become jealous of what God's doing. And not only that, their jealousy won't be displayed in facts of them saying that they're jealous of you, but they will come up and they'll say, oh, you don't deserve that. Or you're not going to be able to keep that. Or, or you're not going to be able to hold on to that. Or, or, you know, all of those things that God is trying to promote in your life. So I want you to understand that there's going to be detractors that come your way. And you've got to deal with your mind. And you've got to deal with yourself. And you've got to deal with your thought processes. Because your greatest enemy is you. Your greatest enemy comes into your mind. You say, well, Satan, no. Satan is not your greatest enemy. You are your greatest enemy. You've got control over Satan. The Bible says resist the devil and he'll flee from you i heard one religion say that the devil that you are the devil and i said no you can't flee from yourself 
Amen. You're always going to be wherever you are. Amen. But the Bible says that I can resist him. That word resist means to set the battle in array against him. How do I do that? I begin to praise God. I begin to worship God. I begin to exalt the God that I serve. And the devil can't stand it when people begin to praise. I I wasn't going to get excited today. When God gave the vision to a man by the name of Abram, whose name means exalted one, by the time the vision came to pass, he was no longer Abram, but he was Abraham, the father of a multitude. The future man had become the present man. Oh, hallelujah. He gave the vision to a man by the name of Jacob. My pastor always said that we can all identify with Jacob. He gave the vision to a man by the name of Jacob, whose name, whose name means worm or deceiver. But when he came into fulfillment, God said, I no longer call you Jacob, but you shall be called Israel, one who has struggled with God and prevailed a prince. See, when David was going through this difficult time in his life, he made it a priority to speak to God. He made it a priority to speak to God. And based upon his examples, I'm, I'm not going to go real long. I'm, I've got just a few minutes left here. But I've got, four, I've got just a few things that I want to give to us. Um, four principles that I want to give to us before we get out of here on how to encourage ourselves in God while going through difficult dip, uh, uh, situations. Number one, be honest with God and do not dwell on the negative circumstances of life. Be honest with God. We all need honesty, reality, the here and now. Psalm 145, 18 says, The Lord is near to all who call him, to all who call on him in truth. So you can actually call on him in manipulation. You can actually call on him for your own self-aggrandizement. But the Bible says, For all who call on him in truth. So honesty is a necessary step in receiving healing from God. Secondly, pay attention to who counsels you. Man, Psalm 16 and 7 says, I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. The Lord is not biased when he counsels you. He'll tell you the hard things. Oftentimes, we go to other people, which is fine. But if you go to somebody to get counseling from them, make sure that they're a bona fide child of God. Some people will counsel you based upon their past experiences, which is still bitter in their life. And their bitterness will come through counsel. And before you know it, you're not living victorious because you got counsel from a bitter source. He said, I will praise the Lord who counsels me even at night. My heart instructs me. So the Lord works through us through our heart. And then thirdly, stay focused on the Lord. Stay focused on the Lord. Psalm 16 and 8, he says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. 
with him at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Whew. I shall not be moved. You go back, you go later into the scriptures in Psalm and up Psalm 120, 118, somewhere in that area. You've got a man, young man by the name of Asaph who was uh, one of the attendants in the, in the temple. And the temple had went through severe destruction. Babylon had destroyed everything that Israel stood for. Because with the temple destroyed, there's no place to worship. He didn't understand worship as the way that we worship it today. Worship today in spirit and in truth. Which means that you don't necessarily have to have a brick and mortar structure to worship God in. You can be in four wheels going down the freeway. I just got to tell you, keep your eyes open. Amen. Asaph said it like this. He said, my feet had well nigh slipped. When I looked around and saw the prosperity of the wicked. My feet had well nigh slipped when I looked around, stay focused on God. Stay focused on the Lord. Perception is reality. How you see it is how it's going to be to you, whether or not that's the way that it truly is. When you set the Lord before you, you can have a stable mind. But what you set before you has the opportunity and the propensity to sway you. The Bible says a double-minded mind is unstable in all of his ways. A double-minded mind, a double-minded double man is unstable in all of his ways. Peter walking on the water, he says, Lord, if it's you, Sister McPeak, come. If it's you, bid me come. And oftentimes we step out of our security blanket. We step out of our secure place and begin to walk by faith. The Bible says he walked on the water with Jesus, but when he saw the wind, can I tell you he didn't see the wind because you can't see the wind. He saw the waves. He felt the wind. And he took his eyes off of Jesus. And when he took his eyes off of Jesus, he began to sink. And he cried out, Jesus, save me. Jesus saved him because God is not in the business of letting you sink. What a mighty God we serve today. I've got to keep my eyes on Jesus. Oftentimes we curse our enemies. But could it be that we need our enemies? Keep us humble. Keep us praying. Some of us wouldn't have prayed if we hadn't went through that. But the Lord says, I'll prepare a table before you in the presence of my enemy. Woo, hallelujah. See, don't focus on what you're going through. 
Focus on what you're going to. Focus on Jesus. And lastly, I'm going to end. Lastly, learn how to praise your way through. Woo! David said, bring me the ephod. Every theologian in the house today knows that that's a garment of praise. Isaiah 61 and 3 says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So while you're going through adversity, the best way to encourage yourself is by actively praising God. Because your praise breaks through the challenges that you are facing. Continue to praise. Stand with me. Can I tell you today that God is ready to move on your behalf? God is ready to make a way out of no way. Oftentimes we secure our defeat because we fail to praise Him. We fail to worship Him. I heard it said this way, the man who kneels before God can stand before any problem. Abraham Lincoln said, I was driven to my knees on many occasions because I had nowhere else to go. That's all right. God doesn't mind to be in your last resort. But can I tell you today that when you find him to be your first resort, life will be a whole lot better. Hallelujah. So do I have some unshakable Christians in here today? Amen. I'm not going to bend. I'm not going to bow. I'm not going to burn. Amen. I'm not giving in to what's going on here. We'll give God praise. Can you put your hands together and give the Lord a praise in this house? (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. I will bless the Lord at all times. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. Because of you, this ministry is possible. If this encourages you, we ask that you subscribe to receive these podcasts or share them on your social stories. And tag us at GPC Arkansas. I pray you have a good week.